The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Go, go, Sanderson. Here's the payoff pitch. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. We are presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Brendan Glasheen joined by Sean Zarillo and Anthony DeBundo. If you listened during the regular season, this is your normal Tuesday crew. We are with you every weekday. This week, next week, as long as the playoffs are going on, we have an episode of Payoff Pitch. So if you are loving the October action Thanks for stopping by and thanks for being with us during the MLB postseason. If you haven't done so already, please leave a five-star rating and a review. We have been picking our, well, not necessarily our favorites, but we've been picking someone who does leave a review and a five-star rating, and we give away a free one-year subscription to Action Pro. So we'll do that at the end of this week, reveal a winner on Monday. We've given out two winners so far. So again, thank you for tuning in. We've got game two of the NLCS tonight in Philadelphia. Aaron Nola toes the rubber for the Phillies. Merrill Kelly for the Diamondbacks. Zarello, I got to go to DeBundo first on this one because, you know, he's got the jersey on. He's all geeked up. They're up 1-0. I told DeBundo before we started the show, cashed out the Diamondbacks ticket. I feel good about it because the Phillies, they're a wagon. They win again. DeBundo, Aaron Nola on the mound tonight. Phillies on the money line at BetMGM, minus 165. Totals at 7.5. What do you got? Yeah, so I actually have nothing from a side and total perspective. I think that, uh, you know, Zerillo and I were just talking about the total. It has come down from eight to seven and a half. Uh, the Phillies money line is uh, a little bit shorter than it was last night, which I do generally agree with because I think the gap between Wheeler and Gowan is smaller than the gap between Nola and Kelly right now. But I mean, Nola is an interesting case because uh, he really struggled up and down the course of the season uh, overall this year. Uh, and then as you got into the end of the season, he started to tweak something with his delivery to try to get, uh, you know, fix the glove side issues he was having with his command on the fastball and his last four outings, you know, six innings, two runs, six hits, eight strikeouts, no walks against the Braves, then 6.2 innings, eight strikeouts, no walks, one run against Pittsburgh. And then his two playoff outings have been pretty stellar against, you know, the, the Marlins and then the Braves as well. 
He threw a seven innings scoreless against the Marlins, three hits, and then six, 5.2 with two runs and one walk and nine strikeouts. So the strikeout minus walk numbers have spiked for Nola since he you know tweaked that motion in his delivery. He's also gone to the slide step to try to control the running game more, uh, something that they worked on with him in the August months. He tried it, didn't like it at first, then adjusted and, and now has been using it to try to keep the, the teams from stealing all these free bases on him, which against Arizona is going to be very important. Uh, because this is the opportunity for Arizona to run. But uh, from a matchup perspective or props perspective, I do like the under walks, under one and a half walks for Nola, minus 140. He has uh, faced this lineup a handful of times, 55 plate appearances, um, one walk in his career against this group. And if you look at location numbers for Nola, he ranks uh, in the top five in location plus this season amongst all MLB starters. Uh, And he's been a, a command artist his entire career. He's only walked 45 batters uh, in his 32 starts, uh, 47 and 34, if you include the playoffs. And I know Arizona is a pretty patient lineup, but Nola uh, and Wheeler both have a clear plan to fill up the zone heavily in these playoffs so far and dare guys to beat them. And so, uh, you know, I think Arizona, they're a pretty patient lineup, but they're going to have to be swinging because Nola is going to steal a lot of first pitch strikes if they sit on him. So I think there's a chance he gets hit a little more maybe tonight if they go after him. Uh, because he's living in the zone more, but I do think that helps his walks. So, you know, I did see a, a hits over for Nola uh, over four and a half was uh, pretty juiced plus money plus one forty five ish. I don't mind that. I think it's a decent look too, but I do like under one and a half walks at minus one forty. There's also nobody in this lineup that you're really pitching around or intentionally walking in a big spot really, uh, because as, as good as Corbin Carroll is, uh, Cattell Marte right behind him is good enough that I don't think you're you know you're really pitching around Carroll if he beats you, he beats you. So. Uh, I'm going to go with the Nola walks under as my best bet for, for this game. And uh, you know, we can discuss more as we, as, as Sean offers his take. Yeah. So on at Ben MGM, uh, the pitchers hit allowed tab Nola four and a half plus one thirty is the number they're offering there. Now um, Zarillo, you note this in your write-up on actionnetwork.com in the app about um, the diamondbacks. Can they, can they run on this guy? Can, can they get to Aaron Nola and, and make something, uh, make something happen on the base paths? How do you handicap this game with the Phillies up 1-0 and Nola on the mound against Merrill Kelly? Well, they didn't run on Zach Wheeler at all in game one. They never attempted right. a steal. They're not going to run on Ranger Suarez in game three. Taiwan Walker and Aaron Nola do seem like the two targets that you would run against in this series. Uh, both have allowed stolen bases at north of a 70% clip for their career. As Anthony mentioned, Nola going with a different mechanic for his pickoff move or with runners on base, you know, out of the... Uh, not going to the lineup, but out of the stretch to try to limit those stolen bases. And you do have two of the best defensive catchers or catchers at limiting stolen bases in this game. Gabriel Marino was number one this year at preventing stolen bases. And JT Romuto, since the start of the 2018 season, has double, as I said yesterday, the number of defensive runs saved against stolen bases as any other catcher. Gabriel Marino is right behind him. So these two catchers are both excellent at cutting down runners. And that does help the Phillies a bit in this series. The one thing that concerns me from a matchup perspective tonight Number one, the stolen bases against Nola. And number two, the home run rate. He allowed a career high of 32 home runs this year. 1.5 per nine innings. Career was closer to one per nine innings. But it is a significantly higher home run rate than what Merrill Kelly has allowed the past two years. Kelly has been below one in his past 60 plus starts over the past two seasons. So we've discussed constantly the home run thing, but teams are now 16 and two in the postseason. We're not homering their opponents. The Astros lost yesterday just the second team this postseason to lose when hitting more home runs than their opponents. 
Um, you know, I do view Noah as a better pitcher than Kelly, as Anthony alluded to. Do see a smaller gap between these two, as we had yesterday between Gallon and Wheeler. I think Wheeler is kind of, you know, a tier or two above everybody else at this point. But in terms of the matchup, as I said, the home run thing concerns me. Uh, the Phillies do have better numbers against Kelly than the Diamondbacks have against Noah, but both, you know, fewer than 70 plate appearances, not really a sufficient sample. In terms of prop bets that I like tonight, number one, Bryce Harper to walk again. Homered on the first pitch he saw in game game one. Both Schwarber and Harper got a grooved fastball down the middle. Absolutely smoked it. Zach Gallon did not throw another pitch in the strike zone to Harper the rest of the night. Harper hit an RBI single on a pitch that was inside. Gallon threw the same exact pitch. Uh, Harper took it for a called strike. It was inside. It's a ball if you look at the strike zone. So Gallon, after giving up the home run to Harper, did not throw another pitch in the zone to him. And then Kyle Nelson, when he came in a pitch to Harper with a runner on second, nobody out, very intentionally was pitching around Harper. He got him to pop up. But again, looking at the pitch map, everything is nibbling on the zone. There's two pitches that are in the zone. I don't even know if he was actually trying to throw those in the zone. He might have been trying to walk Harper, and Harper just ended up swinging at it. So I don't really see a reason for the Diamondbacks to keep attacking Harper with the form that he's in. I think they'll continue to pitch around him. Uh, and, you know, after that first inning home run, uh, and Schorber as well, like challenging those guys that did not go well. Kelly is probably going to try to throw pitches in the zone. That is his style. He is more of a strike thrower. He has a 83 stuff plus rating, like well below average major league stuff. While Noah is league average stuff with excellent command. So challenging guys in the zone, probably not going to go well. And I think Harper is going to continue to be patient and rack up these walks unless he's getting something to hit. So Harper to walk. Open minus 110, plus 100. It's now sitting minus 125. Like it up to about minus 140. Uh, and then the other prop I would attack is the Diamondbacks over half a team steal. You could bet this at minus 193. It was basically the same line for Zach Wheeler yesterday. Nola gives up steals at a way higher clip than Wheeler. Not nearly as adept at holding runners. So the Diamondbacks, as I said, if they're going to run this series, it's probably going to be against Nola and Taiwan Walker. And that would be one of the starts today. So uh, no bet yet on a side. I am leaning to the over, though. I projected this total closer to eight. Anthony said it's moved down from eight to seven and a half overnight. Do have a slight over-leaning umpire with Carlos Torres behind the plate? Not really enough to impact my projection. But I want like seven minus 108 to technically bet this at a 2% edge. I'm going to wait and see if it goes down to minus 105. I'm probably okay jumping in and taking minus 110. And if it stays there before first pitch, I likely will but I just want to see if it goes down a little bit further. So the two props I gave out, Diamondbacks over half a team steal at minus 193, Bryce Harper over half a walk at minus 120, minus 125. And then I'm going to be keeping an eye on that over seven and a half flat minus 110. Just want a little bit better of a price back then. And if that's your price target for Harper, of course, when folks listen, hopefully the number's still available, even money right now for Harper to walk yep. uh, at plus 100. He, had, he does have a walk in his career against Merrill Kelly, eight walks, uh, through the division series uh, up until uh, last night where he didn't walk. But yeah, um, he's walked eight times in this postseason. You got to think too, and, and, we, and we've and we hit on this, an intentional walk does qualify. Mm -hmm. Like if it's late in the game, never mind Merrill, Merrill Kelly, if there's a situation that could put him on. At this point, I think they have to really consider it, right? Him and Yeah, if, if Harper, that Harper at bat against Nelson, uh, you know, no runners on, or runner on second, nobody out. If there was two outs in that spot, maybe they intentionally walk him. I think with nobody out, they were trying to pitch around him. And they got a pop-up out of it. But 
yeah, I think yeah. if they, if there's one out or no or two outs there, they probably put him on with a free pass. Uh, last thing I want to mention, Merrill Kelly, absolute dead ringer for Chris Elliott, cameraman from Groundhog's Day, uh, the mayor of Shit's Creek. I mean, it is like it is uncanny. I cannot watch Merrill Kelly pitch without thinking he's Chris Elliott. So, uh, just <laughs> it's in my brain, and now it has to be in your brain too. So, just needed to throw that out there. I'm rolling, rolling shit, mayor. The only thing that's but, scary, uh, and I'll, I'll play off of that a little bit. The only thing that's scary with Harper is he just swings at everything. When he gets in one of those zones, like he just stops yeah. taking pitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so like first pitch, he's swinging. Chase rate for him has always been something he's willing to do. You know, he, he has a good sense of the zone, but he doesn't care because he thinks he can hit everything. Uh, so he'll just swing at everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I certainly think he will be pitched around, which if you're looking for like a hitter prop, I, I think Bohm over a half RBI plus 170 mm-hmm. is probably the look for me. Uh, because I do think we're going to see Joe Mantiply and Andrew Southrank in the series uh, tonight, especially for Schwarber, Harper, Stott. So the Phillies go one, three, five with their lefties, which means that Trey Turner, you know, hits behind Schwarber. He's a righty. Bohm is the key here. Bohm had a terrible series against Atlanta. I think he only had one hit. Spencer Strider was kind of his father uh, in those two, two matchups uh, where he couldn't really handle the high velocity. He's not going to really see the same velocity in this series. He did hit a couple balls hard last night, didn't get hits for it. Uh, so Bohm has been struggling. I think he's a guy to look for uh, with RBI. If, you know, Schwarber's going to get on base a bunch in front of him, if Harper's going to be pitched around, there are going to be opportunities for him, even potentially against lefties, um, to get a big hit. And, you know, he still is uh, and was one of their top RBI producers this season. So, you know, his ability to put the ball in play, contact skills, especially against lower velocities, uh, helps him. So I think I'm going to add some Alec Bohm over a half RBI, plus 170 is the best number I saw out there as of recording. So I think he's one to target uh, because I think there's a good chance that you see like a, a Sal Frank came, come in for Harper, Bohm and Stott. Uh, and, you know, he's going to see some off-speed um, jump ball from a lefty. So that's a good look for him uh, in this matchup. And Turner, I like that, Turner, Anthony. That's, uh, that's really interesting with where he sits in the lineup between the two lefties. Yeah, he's probably going to get a lot of one at bat, matchups. Maybe two. So. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm really high on Bohm's potential as a hitter. Uh, I think this guy's going to be a 35 plus home run hitter, maybe as soon as next year. I think like he former third overall pick tons of power in college, like insane power in college, really good power in the minors. We have not seen anywhere close to Alec Bohm's true ceiling yet. So if you're he looking at fantasy leagues for 2024 beyond, I think Bohm is a legitimate, like 35, 100 guy going forward. So serious. Yeah, the, pull, the pull, the pull rate came up a little bit this year. The fly ball rate came up a little bit this year. It's really just, he hits the ball hard on the ground too much. So if he ever elevates the ball, he'll he'll hit 30 homers. He hit 20 this year. He hit 13 last year. So there's been a, a trend upward. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Bones will look here. For and defense RBI. getting better, too. Yes. Philly's Twitter has has now decried him as one of the best third basemen in baseball, which is hilarious because he's still bad. Gotcha. But uh, he's he's uh, he's okay. They they should be uh, focusing on the fact that Bryson Stott is the best defensive second baseman in baseball and uh, stop trying to – uh, up to exactly. Bohm's defensive ability. I, uh, Bryson Stott, based on defensive runs saved, is the most improved player defensively year over year. So, uh, I, I love Bryson Stott too. I think this Phillies team is awesome, man. Like, they're really good. And it's not just the stars, it's it's the guys like Bohm and Stott and Rojas, the guys who have really good skills at specialty things. And it's just a complete team. I, I really like this Phillies team. I don't want to say that I do because I do not like the Phillies generally. Uh, Me either. But yeah. It's it's a scary team. It's a very complete team, top to bottom. And it's also a very flexible, diverse, versatile team that can beat you in a variety of ways. They can bullpen you. 
really good starting pitching. They have a deep lineup, but they could also just throw in a really good defensive lineup when they want to and try to play run prevention against you. So, yeah, I mean, this Phillies team is great. Uh, but looking at the AL, Texas is really starting to scare me at the form they're in. I mean, that team looks like an absolute uh, unit right now. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Payoff Pitch presented by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We can talk about the Rangers and Astros series for a moment. Uh, I don't see value on either side of like the projected series line. Again, Phillies don't see value on either side of the projected series line. Uh, I did bet the under nine and a half for game three between Rangers and Astros. It is a bit scary considering Max Scherzer is going to be getting the ball. I believe Anthony's on the plus money side of things there with Houston. But yeah, it's difficult to determine what we're going to get out of Max Scherzer in game three. He's been banged up for a lot of the year. He was throwing bullpens last week in the low 90s. Um I don't really know, but I'm projecting Scherzer at less than 100%. Still made this total about 8.8, 8.7. So under nine and a half popped up. I had to bet that. If you get under nine and plus money, I'd consider that too. But maybe considering live unders here as Scherzer gets lifted from the game. I didn't put a lot on it, but you know, live under 11 and a half if he gives up some early runs and then the bullpen comes in, that might be the preferred way to bet against Scherzer is to wait till he's out of the game. For about 30 yeah, seconds. They haven't scored on the Houston bullpen yet, right? So that's something to watch. Yeah. Abreu, Abreu, Presley, and I mean, they're so good back there. It's crazy. Nobody scored the Diamondbacks bullpen either. Even the Phillies didn't yesterday. So you know, that's going to be something the Phillies have to do at some point in the series. I think I think we got one, didn't we? No, it was all off Gallon. Maybe maybe it was uh inherited runner, but technically it was all charged to Gallon. So gotcha. Yeah, uh, I like the I like the Astros in Game Three. Uh, I think Christian Javier is back, back, back. Like beyond back, if you look at this, the spin rates on the sweeper in game three against Minnesota, when he went to Minnesota and just completely destroyed them, uh, the fastball looks better. The stuff plus has been trending up for the last month. The uh, stuff plus on the sweeper in the last start was, was elite. So uh, I think he's fully back. And I think we, you know, maybe catching up to how good he is and forget how good he was. We all bet him win the Cy Young for that reason. Uh, and you compare him to Scherzer. And I don't know what we're getting from Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer recently got pummeled by this same Houston lineup. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think that there's value in coming back on Houston in game three to make this a series. I still do think Texas is the clear favorite because uh, 
I don't trust the top two starters for Houston, but Javier is the one guy coming into the series where I was like, I want to bet on him, uh, especially now that he gets this matchup with unproven, unknown Scherzer. We might get some Andrew Heaney behind him. I think there's a good chance that Scherzer's limited in his usage. Uh, and, you know, how many times have we seen this Scherzer, you know, breaking down and come playoff time and getting bombed? I mean, it's been a, a frequent occurrence of the last few years, and I think there's a very real chance that it happens again uh, on Wednesday and we, we end up with a, a series here. So, yeah, I like Houston in game three plus anything plus money is fine for me. As we Scherzer were under four and a half strikeouts, sorry to interrupt Brendan, but Scherzer under four and a half strikeouts is plus money. That feels a little bit high for me considering the reduced so velocity and the potential for uh, you know, him to go through the lineup once, twice, have he replace him. So yeah, four and under four and a half plus money for Scherzer, probably going under there. Uh, I do not see an outs recorded prop yet, but based on the four and a half, that leads me to believe it's going to be 13 and a half or 14 and a half outs for Scherzer. And that would be way too high. So under on Max Scherzer. They also might play Dubon uh, for defense because it's a bigger outfield in left field there. Uh, DH Alvarez, who's been fighting a virus, which means no Brantley, but Dubon is a contact guy too, that they could throw in that lineup. Uh, that that would certainly improve it. The question is, like, if you don't think he'll face Maldonado twice, Scherzer, then like you have that's an easy under. Yeah. Well, Zerl, yeah, you went the direction I was just going to go in. BetMGM right now is not offering a market on any markets on Scherzer uh, pitching props, but glad you found one that you can give out. And as DeBundo referenced, the September sixth start uh, against Houston. <laughs> Wasn't great. Uh, Max Scherzer, three innings, six hits, seven runs, all earned. Walked two, struck out four. He allowed three home runs. Alvarez, Brantley, Abreu, all homered in the first three innings of that game. So, I feel like I'd want to lean over on Javier over 12 and a half outs as well. We saw Dusty Baker be very patient with him in his last start. He walked five guys, was in a bases loaded spot, and Dusty let him pitch out of it. So, I think Dusty trusts Javier come playoff time. Javier's had a ton of playoff success. Over 12 and a half outs does seem a little bit low for me. I know Houston's down 2-0 in the series, and if he gets hit, they'll probably be aggressive with their bullpen, but it does seem a touch low for me, especially considering three consecutive games on three consecutive days. You really can't air out your bullpen as much in game three as you could in games four or five. So, yeah, Javier over, Scherzer under seem like the sides to me. Their top, like, we need to eat middle relief innings guy through a ton in game two, which was JP France. Uh, and it's pretty, I mean, it would be Brown behind him. Yeah. And so I'd imagine he's probably down for game three. I don't know, but still a Brown, uh, right? They still have Brown, but uh, I, I, I agree with you on Javier 100%. We weren't sure. Like, we said this, I, I was on the preview show for game three. We're like, well, you know, it is short, but like, how much do they trust Javier? I think they made it very obvious. Dusty sticks with his guys when he trusts his guys and Javier's a guy. Yeah. Javier over Scherzer unders. I think that's where I'm going for uh, Astros game three. And then I I said also the under nine and a half or under nine down to plus money, but maybe we wait live uh, when we see how Scherzer potentially looks. Well, this is Uh, where your, your home run stat should come back and be good to you. Yeah. Both of these guys. Yeah. They have a problem with it. Uh, But Scherzer really since, you know, the the first time I noticed like Max Scherzer might be declining was his final year in Washington. It mm-hmm. seemed like he was giving up three home runs a start. And that was really year? where his home run rate started to creep up. Uh, 1.4 home runs per nine innings his final season in Washington. He's at 1.1 for his career. And he was at 1.1 this year. So above the major league, or I should say, you know, better than the major league average. Major league average this year was around one and a quarter. Uh, and I believe Javier did have a home run problem as well this year. 
uh, Javier walks and homers tend to be his issue. Yeah, he was at, let's see, 1.4 this year, and he's at 1.2 for his career. So that you're 1.33 for his career. So Javier does have the bigger issue on the long ball between the two, but uh, currently injured Max Scherzer. I, I think sure anytime Scherzer's injured, we see the ball flying out of the park on him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be something to focus on for the remainder of the playoffs, but the roof closed, that knocks them some stuff down and you got to see whether Texas has the roof open or closed on, uh, on Wednesday. They've, they've been, uh, interesting this year. They've actually like scored a ton with the roof closed and compared to prior year splits, it's sort of skewed the results at that part. That part typically plays like five to 7% below the major league average with the roof closed this year, it played closer to league average. So I don't really know what happened with the Rangers this year. If their offense was just like absurd at home, but their park factors did get a little bit skewed in Arlington this year. And I'm curious to see if that holds up going forward. It is going to be a little bit warmer Wednesday for game three mm. in Arlington, low of 54, high of 83. It's a little cooler today, but they play tomorrow. Um, yeah, probably yeah. roof closed night game. If it's going to get down to 54, I'd imagine right. that roof would be closed. So, right. Yep. Uh, definitely leaning under, but again, live under maybe the better look. Houston lineup against Max Scherzer. This current Houston lineup as currently constructed a career 830 OPS against Max Scherzer. Um, for a second there, for about 30 seconds of this podcast, I thought it was March and we were doing a Phillies season outlook episode for, for what it's worth. I mean, we were just diving. We, were, we already crowned these guys the champions the way we were talking to Bundo. I mean, we're talking about I didn't say anything next year. What's that? I didn't say that. I know you didn't. But, but I'll see both of you on Broad Street in November. Oh, my God. All right. On that note, great job by both of you. You guys made this very easy for me today because we just dove right into the second game or the next game, that which is tomorrow. And Brand, we have Brantley owned Scherzer, by the way. I won't very be very much tomorrow, so. My 20 God, for Brantley owned Scherzer. Oh, my God. 20 for 54. Did you 54, see the video of Brantley's doubles, dad giving him, uh, giving him little like batting batting tips when he was doing uh, batting practice yesterday? What a great clip. Mm-hmm. Telling him telling him to rotate the shoulders, not throw the hips away. Uh, it's great. Just... Dad's never stopped coaching, but apparently Michael Brantley's dad is an absolute like hitting coach legend in local leagues. So, uh, yeah, like just shout out to the baseball dads who, uh, who can't stop obsessing over their kids mechanics. Uh, I love to see that. That was awesome. Okay. Wait, Zarello, Zarello, we don't have you tomorrow. We have Charlie and BJ quickly. If indeed, I mean, of course you want to get the under, I told, I get that, but say Scherzer, it doesn't go well and say Texas loses game three. Mm-hmm. We've got a two-one series. I know you said this already. You don't find any value in series prices for any team of the four remaining. But if Texas loses Game Three and it's a two-one series going to Game Four, I don't know what what are the Rangers doing for Game Four? Do we know what their their mindset would be for a starter? So it really depends on what they have to do in Game Three. If Scherzer exits early. Do they bring in Andrew Heaney? Do they bring in Dane Dunning? Those are the guys who I normally would have expected to piggyback a game together if they had played a game four against Baltimore, if they play or when they play a game four against Mm -hmm. Houston. I basically have it as a piggyback between Dunning and Heaney. You let each guy go through the lineup once, once with the righty, once with the lefty. And for the second guy, you're screwing up their splits, assuming they built their lineup to face the opposite-handed hitter. So... Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, it's going to be a piggyback situation or a full bullpen situation, and then they get to turn things back over with Montgomery and Eovaldi, who have given them basically six strong innings every time they've thrown them out there. So 
Uh, yeah, I think they they bullpen it, but it really who who they bullpen it with depends on who they throw in behind Scherzer in Game Three. So, uh, kind of up in the air. But that's that's what I would expect. Do you, do you see like a different plan for them in Game Four, Anthony? I think John Gray is going to start Game Four. Oh yeah, I forgot they put him on the roster. Yes. Yeah, no. I think that's the plan. Gray for Game Four and uh, Heaney Which, and Dunning. You, are, Dubundo, you said that in. last week. That's what you had. That's that was your hunch when they said that he was going to make the roster. That was your hunch that he would pitch at some point in a game four. So that, that Yeah. And up. like you said, you know, Heaney and Dunning can be the, the fill in guys. If either of those guys aren't able to go deep, which I, I can't imagine either goes like deep, deep, but if one of them really gets hit, then they use, you know, Dunning or Heaney to fill those innings, but they have options. I just don't know how good the options are. That's the, that's right. the question. So you, so my, yeah, actually, my overall yeah. question is you wouldn't play Houston plus three seventy five series winner right now. Well, here's the thing. If, if Scherzer is bad, and Javier is good, which I do expect tomorrow. Uh, that creates a bit of a game seven problem for, for Texas if they were to get to one. Because then what do they do against Javier? You're facing Javier in game seven, and you don't really have anybody you trust. So that is the ramifications, like knock-on effect of like Scherzer ass tomorrow if he's bad. Um, so that's the question for me. I, I'm going to probably wait and see that. I mean, we're still going to get a pretty good plus money price on Houston, but then the only the other problem is like uh, you know, do you trust Verlander and Valdez right now? Because I don't at all. Uh, versus like I think Montgomery and Yavaldi are, are are better pitchers right now. So uh, you know, maybe if if game three goes well for Houston, you take like a Houston and seven exact prop or something. Maybe I'll hop yeah, on that. Yeah, I was that. about to say that. Mm. Yep, I was that, about to say like I don't. I don't see how Houston, I see Houston winning trade, the series. But... Yeah. So uh, I mean, granted, that's not that different now, right now. Brandon, I have Houston and plus four hundred. If they win game three, I'll make them like plus 240. So I would want, if, if they win game three, I'd probably still want like plus 270-ish to bet them down 2-1. But as Anthony said, that winning winning exactly seven games at this point, win 4-3, uh, I don't see how they get through this series, you know, winning four consecutive games, but winning four out of five and taking this in seven, yeah, that might be the way to go at this point if you're looking to jump in on Houston, betting them to win in exactly seven games because game seven is going to be a pitching problem for the Rangers. I make Houston about 57%, assuming it gets to a game seven. So that that's the one spot where they might be vulnerable, but they should probably put it away before then. So. Astros to win the series 4-3, bet MGM offering plus 575. That's what I would play. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's glad, we got, appealing. glad we got there. Um more fun tomorrow. Charlie and BJ stop by, and we'll have more breakdown of Texas and Houston. I'm just starting to get used to saying that. Houston and Texas. Yeah, you can't say Houston and Texas. You got to say Texas and Houston. Texas. It's the only way to do it. All right. Uh, you can find Zarello and DeBundo in the Action app if they add anything else for tonight's game number two in the NLCS between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks and anything they might add before. DeBundo just put Astros money line in the app. Uh, you can find anything else they add for that game tomorrow uh, in the Action app. For those guys, Brendan Glasheen. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're back. We're here every weekday. We're back tomorrow for Payoff Pitch. Action Network's MLB betting podcast. We are presented by BetMGM. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.